Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Peter in Dublin says, Hi Derval, I was in the Algarve in early October. It was 30 to 31 degrees at the limit of our tolerance. Know what you're getting into uh, before you go is my advice. I have to say I'm inspired now by Michelle to go off and uh, maybe book something. And I'm inspired by the fantastic dress of my next guest, cocktails and mocktails, Darren Garrity, who is a mixologist at Hawksmoor Restaurant resplendent and the only thing missing you've got your dicky bow and you've got everything <laughs> set up and not a cocktail I know next time or a mocktail uh, to, to even have a but look um, you're, uh, thanks for joining me today thank you, um, you cocktails aren't just for summer no. um, as we know they're all year round but what is it that makes um, a cocktail kind of more wintry and festive are you like chefs do you have to follow the seasons so I think like like the great chefs, a good bartender or a good bar will will lean into what's available. And I suppose at this time of year, um, you know, you'll see the spices coming out and you'll see where the citrus fruits, you'll still have lemon juice and lime juice and oranges and like mandarins and clementines. But like you won't have the abundance of exotic fresh or, fruits because yeah. strawberries and berries at this time of the year are extortionally pricey because they're coming from mm-hmm. far and abroad. Them. So if you're... You can't justify paying seven euro for a pun of the strawberries where in the summer it's two um, euro. You know, it's, it's crazy. So um, we lean into what we have available. So uh, you still have an, a, a great opportunity to make great drinks, but just you have to be a little bit more clever. So like any party, some people are more prepared than others. And if they don't have a mixologist like you in the mix, how far do you have to plan out and what would you be recommending for a good nine New Year's Eve party tomorrow night? Preparation is key. Like, like you wouldn't walk in and go, OK, I'm going to do a four course dinner and they could just go to the fridge and go. It's if you plan and you can, if you set a menu, a menu is always great. So if you know if you have 20 guests and you prepare, you set out a menu and you go, I want to make a punch. I want to make uh, a few drinks that I have. I'm not going to have to go and Pay. So that everybody can... Then everyone yeah. can have something. So you want to have non-alcoholic is so important because in the age that we live, um, mindfulness and people just being aware of what they're consuming. And, and when you look at, at alcohol um, uh, consumption, particularly amongst younger generations, it's on, on the way down. But the quality of your mocktail has to be as good as your cocktail. It has to be. So uh, I stand by that a, a non-alcoholic cocktail or temperance drink or virgin drink or whatever has to be outstanding. I don't believe that you should be just phoning it in. I think, like like anything, if you're putting all this effort into a, an alcoholic drink, the non-alcoholic needs to be amazing as well. Equally and looked after. Um, punch kind of reminds me of kind of the kind of 80s. <laughs> but there's a drink that you are recommended for the winter and it's not a sangria, but it sounds very like one. Uh, so, uh, so it's called a Santagria. So... Uh, so this season of like again, uh, I like I love a quirky name. So um, I love a sangria. I think sangria is such an easy drink to to like it. It's such Too an easy. available drink because people have red wine. But to make a non-alcoholic version, you need to start kind of thinking outside the box. But there's you can go to the supermarkets. Most supermarkets now have some kind of sparkling grape juice or non-alcoholic. Uh, sure. you know something. Like something. That, yeah. So uh, I created a recipe using uh, grape juice, uh, pineapple juice, orange juice, and then I added a a spiced blackcurrant cordial. Um, I wanted to bring the spice in. So uh, you go to 
get any readily available black And these are accessible ingredients. Accessible. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't want to go saying you need a flower that grows once a blue moon on a, you know, I, I went, what can someone get in a supermarket now? Yeah. So blackcurrant. Yeah. Most people have blackcurrant in their presses. You get some seasonal spices. So like. And you, you boil the blackcurrant. Yeah. So you bring it to this high simmer because all you're doing is uh, blackcurrant is basically uh, sugar and citrus and then blackcurrant. Um, you're adding the spices, you bring it to a high simmer, which infuses the spices into the blackcurrant. And then when you're finished, you bring it back down to cool and you strain it. And then again, it still has a shelf life because blackcurrant, like it lasts for so months. So you'd have that in the fridge for how long? Um, well, up to two weeks. Like I, I always say s- seven days is for anything that you're changing. Uh, because you just don't want to take a chance because you don't want to poison anybody. That's good for people like me who don't consider the new year to start. I'm telling all looking on. I always give myself <laughs> an extra few days. No point in putting myself under pressure at the beginning of the year. Uh, the alcoholic version of that or a drink with a kick is what? A spiced winster? Spice, uh, so a, a berry mule. So the Moscow mule was probably one of the, like it's this summer bound drink that people go, it's, it's lime, ginger beer and mm. vodka. Uh, it was created because someone had a warehouse full of like vodka and ginger beer and said how can I get rid of all this and he put it in it marketed in a little a copper mug and it's it's called a mule because it kicks like a mule so a, a winter version I love Irish products so we have um, a pink berry vodka from Oystill which uh, encapsulates this kind of like you know raspberries and black blackberries and I always go through shops and you see you know winterberry and cinnamon candles everywhere yeah, yeah. at this time of the year. So I was inspired to kind of go, how do I have that kind of autumnal berry and then spice? So Angostura bitters is the spice. It's like a bitter. It's sort of making a big comeback, isn't it? Yeah, because again, it was in every bar and no one knew what to do with it. But because it's an essential cocktail ingredient, because it adds the bitterness, it adds spice. Um, and it's just one bottle. And then fresh lime and then uh, ginger beer. I, I use poachers because it's just it's an Irish brand. Um, fiery ginger beer, not ginger ale. And then ale. people are doing all fancy things with the like the the lime and the sugar. That it's in itself seems an art. Yeah, well, half it, a glass here, <laughs> bit of a thing. Your there. half rim. <laughs> Again, it's all about presentation. You can take the simplest of drinks and you can present it to people really, really well. Mm. And if come, people come to your house and you have a wine glass and everything is garnished with like red currants and cinnamon sticks, and people are like, going, "Wow, what's this?" It's like you know the Spanish yeah. way they call it. Yeah, the big glass with all the garnish. And um, what about glasses? Because of images of people sort of thundering out to get like kind of their Cosmo gases and everything. Do you need that? Like when I, no. if you're partial to a wee Cosmo like, and all the lovely for me, stems and... For me, when it comes to equipment and cocktail glassware, I tend to lean on what I have in the house. Now, I have probably better oh, glassware than most. more than most. <laughs> and I have probably more equipment than most. I have boxes and boxes. <laughs> but I think if you have a protein shaker, that you have a lid and a base. Mm. That's a shaker. Yeah. Or if you have a jam jar, if you want to go to an extreme lens, a tea shaker. Which serve a lot of cocktails and jam jars these days, yeah. don't they? But like I've, I've, I've been at house parties and I've made numerous cocktails in Dolmio jars uh, just because we passed the jars, big large jars, enough to put a couple of cocktails. You have a lid. Enough to give you a headache in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Glassware, anything with a stem. Um, Cosmo, you would typically have like a nice little champagne saucer or... You use pomegranate juice. In yeah. What's, what's, what's pomegranate, that? so again, um, it is on the same kind of flavour profile as cranberry juice, but just so much more interesting. So when I was younger, like uh, like wine apples, you know, pomegranates, every Halloween, every autumn, there was always a pomegranate. But like you go to the global market, pomegranates are these crazy health benefit 
balls that people go mad for. And if you go to most supermarkets now, pomegranate juice is on the shelf because of all the, the health benefits. I think we should remind people that um, a, a Christmas Cosmo is not one of your five a day. <laughs> Whether not. or not it includes... Um, can you tell me, how did you get into mixology and the art of... Um, uh, I was asked to, f- to do a favour. I was asked to uh, take a part-time job working in a golf club. And uh, while I was there, I found I had a passion for talking to people and being involved in hospitality. And I got sent to college. And when I was in college, I got introduced to cocktails. And that was 22 years ago. So, And then I've travelled the world making cocktails and uh, getting to be creative and getting to speak to people and getting to be passionate about something I love to do. So, What's your all-time favourite one? For cocktail? Yourself? Yeah. Uh, I love a Negroni. Uh Again, a drink that you can add spice to, like again, it's Campari, uh, vermouth and gin, um, and then like if 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 you love, uh, I do a version. We have a version in the restaurant I work in, and it's with cherries, and it's just can't do cherries. You can't do cherries. No, I love cherries. Maybe it's a good thing. Um, well, are there any no-nos? Are there any sort of uh, rules that you should not break if you're doing cocktails? Is there like you know before dinner or after dinner? Is there anything that no? Just... Because you see, we live in a world that because with the with the internet now, there's an abundance of information available at everyone's fingertips. Like in the old days, it was like you had to be like the the magic circle to do cocktails. You had to be like brought in. But now because the internet, you can go and get a really good recipe for something and do it at home. So. All I would say is drink responsibly. That's the one rule and the only rule, I think. You know, again, if uh, this is why temperance cocktails or uh, non-alcoholic cocktails are great. And you have another one. You've got a hot apple toddy for the uh, for tomorrow night's designated drivers or for anyone who who doesn't imbibe. But what's it like? So, the, yeah, so basically a, t- a toddy, again, is originally was it's scotch, uh, scotch, ginger, honey and uh, lemon. Um I wanted to do something that was all about apple and a hot apple drink that was non-alcoholic. Uh, so you can make an apple syrup or you can go and buy these brands that you can buy um, available in some supermarkets. But the apple syrup is basically taking um, a, a what they call cloudy apple juice, you know, mm. like the, not yeah. the yellow brown one we get, but it cloudy. They have to shake. <laughs> yeah. And then it's the one that's kind of misty. And if you reduce that down and you add sugar, Recipes are all online. Yeah, and I will just say, just in case you're all salivating, we will put the recipes up on the website within uh, the next hour. Syrups can be controversial. You know when you've got a bit of a a cocktail that is just, it's it's more syrup than substance. Okay, so syrups, again, like anything, if you use a, if you use a a gentle hand, it's, they have a place because it's the, the it's the sweetness. Mm. So like, you've got your sugar syrups and you've got your, so people say, oh, use raw sugar or use like, you know, honey or all sweeteners are good within reason. So even as a, as a bartender, I've used branded syrups. I've used ones from supermarkets. Again, if, if you're careful with them, if it becomes a drink and it's just syrup, then no. Yeah. A little splash of syrup helps to balance a drink and balance is key. A good cocktail is all about balance. It has to be either sweet sour or if it's boozy sweet, it's not too sweet again or too boozy. <laughs> I'm getting confused even just thinking about them. Um, the next time uh, we have you on, um, Darren, we'll have to get you to bring in some produce for us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, next time I'm on, I'll bring in samples. That's it. <laughs> and we can have a great old time. But unfortunately, that is all we have time for uh, today. Darren Garrity um, from Hawksmoor Restaurant. Thanks a million 